Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, National Spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty, thank you so much for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. We have a fantastic show for you today, managing heat stress in chickens with our good friend, Dr. Curran Gehring. And uh, we'll be uh, uh, bringing him on the show here in just a few minutes. But, uh, hey, it's Friday. It's not Thursday. It is a Friday show today. I had a commitment yesterday I had to deal with. So um, Dr. Gehring was uh, um, nice enough to um, be available today. So uh, we so thank you for that and getting ready for the long weekend. <clears throat> so I do want to say, and we've been doing this – is, this is actually a episode – uh, 1201. If you remember our last episode we did, we had uh, Dr. Pateski on, and uh, that was episode 1200, a milestone. Uh, it is episode 1201, yeah. And actually, we've done more than 1201 episodes because some of them, they were either sound issues or, or something had happened. We had to delete them. So, But as far as the official uh, count number, we're at 1201, uh, 1,200 episodes, and they're all archived. You can go back and listen to the uh, third one we did, the 23rd one we did, the uh, 400th one we did. But to put that into some perspective, um, the, the long-running TV show MASH, um, three times as many episodes as MASH, um, it's over three times as many episodes of Seinfeld, over three times uh, episodes of Friends, you know, how long those, those, those ran. And so this is, you know, you think, oh, 1,200 episodes. But if you think about it um, and you put it into kind of perspective with shows like that, like Seinfeld and Friends, three times as many episodes. So that's a lot of chicken information for you. And uh, it's a lot of expert information from our expert guests. So what a resource you have at your fingertips regarding all these shows that we've done over the last, this is our 13th year of broadcasting. I'm, I'm safe to say this is, without a doubt, the longest chicken running podcast uh, in the history of Earth, uh, and, um, <clears throat> and, and by far uh, way more episodes than any other uh, Johnny-come-lately chicken podcast, and some have come and, and went. They came, they weren't successful, and then they left, and uh, there are some that we listen to, and we messaged them with information that was uh, blatantly and flat-out wrong that they shared, and uh, we wanted them to address that, and what did they do? They just uh, deleted the episode. So, um, uh, but yeah, just we're very proud of, and, and it wouldn't, we couldn't have lasted this long, number one, without our sponsors and without our fantastic guests. So it's not just some bloggers that come on the show and yap about, oh, I do this or I do that. These are uh, true experts in their field that come on the show and, and take the time to share their knowledge because they care about us, you know, having the right information to care for our backyard flock. So it's all about that at, at the end of the day. Uh, I want to share with you guys because the, the, the sale is running just for this weekend. I'm going to head over here now, uh, and I've already posted the link over on our Facebook page. I'm going to post it again here in just a couple of seconds, uh, so it's front and center. But our good friends over at Grabetz is doing a 20% off sale. <laughs> Pardon me. A 20% off sale. Uh, on on the packages that they offer over on Amazon, and there's a coupon code, but it ap apparently 
uh, is taken automatically. So like if I go over here and click this add to cart, um, and we'll see what it comes as. Thanks, buddy. My son just brought me a cough drop. I've been outside and it got hot and I got, ah. um, so yeah, it ends up being 20% off. I'm going to go back over here to the, um, but, but let me just say this. I have no idea why um, those of you who still purchase the black soldier fly larvae sourced in the USA from that other brand. I have absolutely no idea why, because these things are sourced in the USA, out in California, not Canada, not uh, they don't have another option to buy them raised outside of the USA. Grubettes, black soldier fly larvae raised in the USA, um, and their everyday price, folks, uh, for those of you buy the other brand, is about 50% off the other brand. For their two-pound bag, for their five-pound bag, it doesn't matter. 50, almost 50% off, half off the, their everyday low prices. So now you're getting 20% off of that. So it probably pushes it down uh, more than 50% off that other brand. So I, I, it just baffles me. I have no idea why <coughs> y'all would continue to purchase from those other folks. And it's your hard-earned money and uh, USA-sourced uh, black soldier fly larvae that you love to give your chickens. And uh, all it takes is one click, and you've saved half your money. So um, I'm going to go ahead and post the link. And it's over on Amazon. So, of course, you get your free shipping. Um so I'm going to head over here to the Facebook page, and I will post it there underneath this. I posted about the radio show. <coughs> Hang on. Let me see. Um, paste. There we go. <coughs> and enter. And there we have it. So if you head over to the uh, Facebook page where I just posted Managing Heat Stress, tune in now. Click here underneath that. And if you don't see that, you can scroll on down about three posts, and you'll see it posted on the main page. But, yeah, 20% off the Grubettes, and that's uh, both the two-pound bag, and I think it's a five-pound bag as well. So um, if you're already buying those for your chickens, if you already like the black soldier fly larvae, then uh, save some scratch, folks. doesn't make any sense why you're just throwing your money away on that uh, on that other brand so uh, fantastic also last but not least the summer issue of chicken whisperer magazine if you subscribe to the digital edition that should be in your email I'm, I'm pretty sure that should be in your email possibly tomorrow if not sometime next week if you subscribe to the print edition of chicken whisperer magazine and you get that puppy mailed to your mailbox four times a year you be looking out for that in the next 15 days. It should be arriving in your mailbox. And great articles in this issue. Very proud of it. And uh, so look forward to that in, in your email, uh, probably over the weekend, um, and then the print edition uh, a few days later than that. So I'm going to go ahead and go to commercial break, get that pen and paper ready, because when I come back, I'm going to welcome Dr. Curran Gary, and we're going to talk about managing heat stress in chickens. Uh, tis the season. We're doing a heat wave right now in the southeast. Um, we got up to like 95 degrees this past week. It's cooled off a little bit today and tomorrow, but uh, hey, as, look at the next few months. What are they? <laughs> June, July, August? We're all going to know and need to know about managing heat stress, uh, and there's a lot more to it than just, hey, providing shade. Think about their nutrition. Um, if we know that they drink more in the summer and eat less in the summer and their main nutrition comes from eating those nutritionally balanced pellets and they eat less of that, well, do we need to add a supplement in the water? We're going to be talking about things like that. We're going to talk about other, other ways to keep them cool. And, uh, and if they're less stressed, then they will eat uh, that uh, quarter cup of feed they normally eat. Uh, every single day and so we may not have to worry so much about adding supplements but it's going to be a fascinating show so get that pen and paper ready and uh, we'll be back right after this short break with managing heat stress and your chicken chickens across the country are flocking to grubbits these natural oven dried black soldier fly larvae are sustainably raised right here in the USA Grubbits account for 10 to 15% of a normal diet and are available at almost half the price of some competing brands. 
more calcium, stronger eggshells, healthier feathers, happier hens. Find Grubbits online at grubbits.com, on social media at Grubbits, or on Amazon, G-R-U-B-B-E-T-S. That's Grubbits, the feed chickens need. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. The Yardbird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in just 15 seconds. Powered by a 1.5 horsepower electric motor, the Yardbird Chicken Plucker can handle two 8-pound birds at one time, while the built-in irrigation ring keeps your hands free for other butchering tasks. The 20-inch stainless steel drum features 110 rubber plucking fingers that gently remove feathers and dirt without tearing the skin. When butchering is complete, the plucker rinses clean with just soap and water. To learn more or purchase your plucker, visit YardbirdPluckers.com. Are you dealing with a stinky coop or brooder? Backyard chicken owners are loving Chick Fresh. Not only does it eliminate the nasty odors, but it also eliminates the dangerous and unhealthy ammonia. You can use Chick Fresh in your coop, brooder, garbage can, litter boxes, and more. Even use it in your spouse's smelly shoes. Get your bottle 15% off today by going to coopcarespecial.com. Take back control and say no to nasty odors. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. That last commercial uh, reminded me of the um, Chick Fresh, and it was uh, funny because uh, I forgot the commercial had talked about sp- uh, spraying your spouse's shoes, but uh, I kid you not, my son, he's 10, or he'll be 10 this week, and you want to talk about some smelly feet because he rarely ever puts socks on. And of course, you know, we live on a farm, so he's out barefoot, which is fine, but then he puts his shoes his, he puts his feet in his shoes with no socks and then they sweat uh, so yeah without a doubt i've done that sprayed that chick fresh down into his boots what a difference we put in our garbage can all the time and in our rabbit hutch as well along with our nest boxes and whatnot but uh yeah his stinky boots and in the uh, garbage can uh before we put the liner in here in the kitchen so multiple uses around here as always let's get over here to the phone lines and we will bring on our good friend dr karen Curran Gehring, and uh, we're going to be talking about, again, managing heat stress in chickens today. So uh, get that pen and paper ready because we're going to be learning a lot, all different kind of aspects, not just the physical like the, the, the shade or, you know, maybe the, the, the negatives of doing a mister and things like that. But, um, again, overall managing heat stress because that's something a lot of us around the country are definitely going to be able to put to use over the next few months. Uh, Doc, thank you very much for coming on today. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. I've got some. Try try that again. You were very broke up and static. You try it again. Oh, I'm sorry I said that. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm glad to be on the show. I've got a really bad connection, uh, Doc. Let me put you back on mute. Uh, Lots of static um, and uh, not clear at all. I'm going to have you, if you can, bud, if you can hang up and call back in. Because it was uh, very, very staticky on our end. Um, I could hear you, but there was a lot of static over your uh, voice. So if you all just hang up, call back in, we'll try it again. All righty, folks. So I'm guessing you all heard the static too, but on my end, very, very staticky. So uh, he's calling back in now. Let's get over to the switchboard. Maybe we'll have a better connection. 
Okay. Uh, there we go. Can you hear me now? Um, yeah, it's better? it is better. Yeah, I don't hear that 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 static that I had before. Um, so let's roll with this. I'll let you know uh, if it gets worse or, or gets better. But right now, I think it's okay. I think we're good to go. Okay. Good. Yeah, much better. So yeah, let's let's just kind of delve into the uh, managing heat stress with our flock because we all know that heat is far more detrimental to poultry than the cold ever will be. Even if we're in Iceland or Alaska or Michigan or Ohio, uh, heat stress is much more detrimental to them. So let's talk about how we can uh, keep our chickens happy this summer. All right, and you know I just wanted to. to Start by you know mentioning uh, you know the article that, that's coming out in the uh, in the next issue of the magazine. Uh, you know I was I, I know they're probably going to come up with a title because I'm not good at at uh, coming up with creative titles. But what I had on the draft was heat stress is more common than you might think, and um, you know not not very creative, but I, I think it's true. And you know one thing I, that I think is important for um, people to think about is is you know think about your answer to this question. If, if I was to ask you, have you ever felt stressed about something to the point where you felt your heart race, your uh, you know might have started to sweat, and but no one else knows about it. And I think a lot of times, uh, you know, something could be having an effect on our birds and we don't know about it. And so that's, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about today is uh, how common heat stress might be and, you know, some of the signs that, that we can look for so that, um, you know, we can start to recognize that early and, and help our birds cope with it. Yeah, you, you, uh, you just mentioned very nervous, heart racing, sweaty, uh, and, 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 and bumbling, acting like the fool, uh, sounds like every first date I ever had. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, even, even out working in the garden, you're exactly right. Um, you know, getting that heat, you know, heat stress and, and, and I'm sure a lot of people, especially if they live on a homestead or even if they're not, they've, they've had that. And you think about your animals and, um, your animals, how many animals we have here, uh, that we have to think about over the summer. I mean, like heat's very detrimental, like you said, and uh, they all may require a little bit something different, whether it be the cattle or the hogs or the chickens or the goats or even the dogs and the cats, the rabbits, the turkeys. Um, they all will demonstrate different signs of, of, of heat stress, overheating, um, generally just, you know, being hot. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of animals, again, they won't have um, – pores they don't sweat like like we do um and so they may pant we see that a lot as in chickens uh, as in our dogs so um i think it's important for a lot of our listeners to be aware of the different species they have on their on their farm or in their backyard and 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 know the clues of, of what to look for in a heat stress situation for all those different species <clears throat> yeah exactly um and you know you brought up a a good point with uh you know pointing out that our birds uh pant and mm-hmm. you know they, they can't sweat so you know that's a, their primary way of um you know really trying to cool down and manage their temperature mm-hmm. and, and that brings in uh you know why humidity has such a big influence on whether they're uh, you know feeling heat stress or not uh and so you know at in in our part of the world um, in the southeast and, and really most of the eastern part of the U.S. and Canada, um, we have average uh, relative humidity throughout the year um, between 70 and 80 uh, percent, mm-hmm. and, and that really puts us in into a heat stress or a danger zone um, or a you know an emergency zone uh, at a much lower temperature than if you were say in Arizona or New Mexico. Um, where the humidity is much lower, and um, and that's just because you know when there's more moisture in the air, then uh, the animal's not a lot, uh, not able to uh, remove as much as heat as efficiently by evaporative cooling, um, which a bird does by panting. And so you know, going back to 
uh, you know, heat stress is more common than you might think. Here in the southeast um, or in the Midwest, when we have humidities in the 70s, uh, you know, then we could be in that, that heat stress danger zone uh, at temperatures as low as 80 degrees. And we know that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have many days over 80 degrees Fahrenheit uh, all summer long. Yeah, I um, I agree. I, I, I don't remember who it was, if it was Dr. Pateski or Peter Brown or um, Dr. McRae, uh, an array of others that have been on the show. And I don't remember the exact number. I'm, I think it's in one of my books, but it's um, chickens will start to pant. I want to say like at 83 degrees, 83 to 86 degrees. I think at that at that heat level, that a lot of times they will start to pant. I don't, I don't know who watched chickens and how long they watch chickens to figure that out, but it was it was like 83 to 86 degrees when they actually start to uh, pant uh, a little bit. So um, yeah, not not that hot, especially down here in the south. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of days uh, over the next uh, six months or, or more. Mm-hmm. For sure, and then you know, it, it, in our part of the country, it, it, when you're at 90 degrees, um, you've really got to uh, be concerned. Then, if if you don't have adequate um, shade and, and um, you know clean, wa- fresh water and, and uh, other management strategies, nutritionally or, or otherwise, because um, any time that that re- that humidity is over 70 percent. And we hit 90 degrees, uh, you know. Then panning's not uh, even really doing it at that point. Mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. extreme stress. Yeah, absolutely. So, what are what are some things to, um, to look for? Things we can do to uh, help help our birds in our backyard. <clears throat> yeah. Well, um, you know, some other things that that we can look for. Um, are, you know, besides panting, are um, duller fluttering, which is, they can almost, you know, see that uh, your throat vibrating and and uh, tongue vibrating. That's that's an extreme form of panting. Um, you know, ho- hopefully you don't get to that, that point. Uh, birds might also raise their wings to try to uh, remove heat through convective cooling. Uh, sometimes you uh, see birds uh, that might be lying down with a, a leg outstretched away from their body uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a way to remove heat. Um, and then there's just some common behavioral, uh, behavioral changes that uh, make a lot of sense if you think about uh, how you might feel when it's way too hot, um, where, you know, birds might just look a little lethargic, uh, you know, spend less time uh, moving or walking around. Uh, and then you know you should see your water disappearing faster as they uh, drink more water and um, and then also uh, consume less feed. Mm-hmm. And while it's on my mind when you talked about that, because you know as chicken owners we um, often have to be poop inspectors, and there's a lot of different normal poops. Or that come out of our chickens. I think mo- most people know that. The newbies may not. Um, but so you know, in the in the summertime, because <coughs> they're drinking more, you might have more watery poops, and it doesn't necessarily mean that's anything wrong as they as they drink more. So just to kind of a, let folks know if they didn't know that already. Mm-hmm. Good point. <laughs> Okay, carry on. And, all right. And so, you know, let's talk just a little bit about the uh, the different physiological changes or, or changes that uh, that are occurring in the body that that are really what is detrimental to a bird's health. Um, and so it's, it's really three big things. Uh, one is oxidative stress uh, and then acid-base balance. And then the uh, the immune system or the the integrity of the immune system, and so you know oxidative stress might be one that a lot of people um, haven't heard about before. I know before I started learning about poultry, that was 
uh, you know, something that I never heard about growing up. Um, but in every animal, um, our immune systems produce uh, some reactive oxygen species, which is uh, just a, a form of, of oxygen that's used to, um, you know, help us to prevent disease and fight uh, pathogens. And so those are a good thing, but if, if it gets out of balance, then uh, those reactive oxygen species could actually damage um, our tissues and, and cell membranes. And so when everything's good, when our body's in balance, uh, you know, we're producing just the right amount. We have antioxidants from our diet uh, that help to keep that balance. But when we're, um, when we're under heat stress, you know, then uh, that, that starts to get out of balance where we start uh, damaging tissue. Um, we start depleting our antioxidants from the diet, such as vitamin E, vitamin C, um, and uh, vitamin A. And so that's, that's one reason why um, you can get severe uh, health issues or, um, you know, or maybe even lead to mortality um, if that oxidative stress gets too high. Um, and you see per, uh, performance uh, problems such as lower growth rates, um, poor egg production, uh, et cetera. And so, so that's, and we'll talk about, you know, the nutritional stuff later, but that's one reason why a lot of times in um, different nutritional supplements for heat stress, you see uh, some of those antioxidant vitamins, such as vitamin E and C. Um, you know, then the, the second big thing is is our uh, acid-base balance. And so, you know, our, our blood pH is regulated very closely, and that, that goes for people, uh, for livestock, for birds. And when we're under heat stress and uh, for an animal that can't sweat, like a uh, like a bird that's going to be, um, you know, panting even at a relatively low temperature, when they pant, they're expiring more carbon dioxide. And what that does is, when that rate exceeds or far exceeds uh, the normal amount, then they're making it so that it's very difficult to maintain that blood pH. And Eventually, what that, what that could lead to is metabolic uh, acidosis, which is then associated with, with a decline in um, productive performance uh, and health. And uh, so, you know, the, the big picture on these is, is uh, you know, we don't, don't need to worry too much about the biochemistry and physiology of it, but just that heat stress and other forms of stress uh, just make or make the body come out of balance, and and that's what causes uh, a lot of the the issues that we see as far as uh, the health and livability of our birds, their egg production, um, reproduct reproductive uh, success, and, and other variables. I think it's important uh, important to know that. Um, I mean, it's it's just a lot more than just oh my birds are hot because it's hot outside. I think it is good to kind of have an idea of what's going on inside and why it's important and what's not happening, what is happening, uh, and then, of course, the the effects of that. So in the summertime, a lot of experienced keepers do know I may have some egg drop in the summertime because of the heat stress. Um, and newbies will start seeing some posts that will say, <coughs> how come my chickens all – I haven't got an egg in, you know, 10 days. What's going on? Well, it's been 95 degrees for the last 10 days. We have a heat wave. So uh, you know, they shut off that magical egg-making machine inside of them because now they're concentrate on surviving and, and not, you know, laying eggs. So, um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's more, it's, uh, so people know, it's more than just, oh, my chickens are hot. And then how, and the effects of what's going on inside that can, then we can see the effects like no egg production. Right. Yep. And, and, you know, even though it's, you know, we maybe don't need to know all the details of exactly what's going on inside, um, because we know that there's 
uh, you know, potentially oxidative stress happening and uh, acid-base imbalance, then that's what tells us what uh, what could be beneficial nutritionally and, you know, what type of uh, supplements we want might want to provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, the third big physiological change is that we that heat stress suppresses immunity, and so you know you, you think that even if your birds are are very healthy going into the summer, uh, if it starts to get hot and they they are feeling heat stress and their body's working to try to keep all these different things uh, balanced, uh, you know what what that's going to do is it's going to decrease the size of the immune system related organs the spleen, the thymus, uh, lymphoid organs. So, you know, you can actually look at those and they, uh, they regress in size. Um, which you, you know, and then what you can't see is that the, uh, the level of circulating antibodies and white blood cells is also reduced. And so you know, if birds are feeling heat stress, uh, then they're much more susceptible uh, to any type of disease challenge that that might uh, be you know come from their environment, and you know it could be that there's that they're living in a you know very clean environment and there's not a lot of disease challenge, but you never know you know if somebody might come uh, visit your farm and bring something from somewhere else, uh, or uh, you know or sometimes. Uh, diseases are uh, brought from from other types of natural vectors, such as you know wild waterfowl or uh, or rodents or uh, or otherwise. And um, so you know that's that's another reason why we really don't want our birds to be feeling a lot of heat stress or any type of stress, because that's directly going to negatively affect the immune system and their uh, ability to fight off uh, any potential diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It's like anything else. Uh, you add new chickens to the flock, and it stresses them out. Uh, your current flock, it stresses them out, and then they all of a sudden present with an underlying disease you never knew they had. Uh, well, my chickens are healthy. That's why you never, you will never hear me say that about my flock. <coughs> and, you know, yeah, I could be, you know, uh, over the top and, you know, call people out every single blog when they, oh, chickens are healthy. And like, oh, yeah, when's the last time you had them tested for anything? Mycoplasma, salmonella, you know. But, you know, that that's just, it would be crazy to do that and you wouldn't have any fans. But um, a lot of people, they'll notice. You never say, oh, my chickens are healthy or what they do. And we get into a conversation. I'm like, you really don't know that. Um, <laughs> pardon me. Unless you've had them tested for, for various things because so many times, uh, they figured out when those birds do become stressed, whether it be uh, maybe a cold winter, maybe it definitely in the hot summer, maybe adding new new flock mates to the flock, and all of a sudden that underlying disease presents itself, and you're like, but I thought my chickens were healthy. So, um, yeah, that the heat stress can definitely, uh, like you said, now the immune system and things like that, now present these, this, this underlying disease that your chicken was healthy enough to hide, to, to get along with, We've heard it many times, you know, a lot of diseases will be in the bird and your birds uh, just gets along with it. You know, the the salmonella in the mm-hmm. gut. The gut's like, oh, I'll just let you live here. We'll, we'll get along. You let me do my thing. You let you do your thing and we'll be all right. And then stress comes up and, and bam, it presents itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, uh mm-hmm. I guess you know now if you if you want we can move on to you know nutritional and management strategies or uh, yeah or I, I didn't know if you had anything uh, you wanted to add to what we talked about so far not to add yeah I think nutrition is big because uh, uh, like we said we, you know we always hear that they drink more and eat less and if the, most of their nutrition is coming from what they eat that nutritionally balanced feed then uh, you, you know common sense would think. Uh, oh, maybe I need to add a supplement to their water since they're not getting it from their food and they're drinking more. Maybe I can cheat a little bit and get that the supplements they need via the water versus the feed. So yeah, let's let's touch on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and, and that's a a great point there. Um, you know, with 
with extreme heat stress or, or other types of stress, you know, we do see, uh, you know, a poor feed conversion ratio, um, reduced growth rate if it's a, a young bird, um, re- you know, reduced quality of meat on a, a meat bird, reduced number of eggs on a layer. Uh, and, you know, the thought is that the, a lot of those, uh, you know, negative effects on production or the, you know, the physical presentation of, of that bird's health um, are not only due to those uh, changes going on um, in the bird in terms of, uh, you know, balancing their, their acid-base balance and the oxidative stress and, and things like that, but also just nutrient deficiencies that that can occur um, because of that reduced intake. So, you know, as a nutritionist, when, uh, when I formulate a diet, you're, you're not only thinking about crude protein, fat, and fiber, but you're thinking about, you know, the correct amount of digestible lysine uh, and in terms of how many grams per day is that bird going to consume. And, you know, if if you formulate a diet expecting that bird to consume this many grams of, of lysine or um, methionine or, or calcium or whatever the nutrient might be, and then that bird all of a sudden is consuming, uh, you know, 20% less uh, feed than it normally would, then they're not getting that much. And and so, you know, that's why that reduced feed can have uh, a big effect on on the performance of that bird in, in terms of growth or, or egg production. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. I was just uh, trying to uh, think of, um, you know, where to to go from there. But well, I know that you, you had know, talked about a, a a product that, and I and I, I tested the product for uh, at least a year before it went to market and before it became available, and we actually launched it uh, on to market at uh, IPPE down in Atlanta. A couple of years ago, and that was the um, the uh, <coughs> pardon me uh, the products that y'all now are putting into your into the stores, a lot of your stores, and so um, through the phytobiotics. And so, um, tell us about that product. Yeah, that product is called uh, Chicken Delight, and so it is a um, a water soluble product, and uh, one jar and. Uh, will treat about 30 to 35 days uh, worth of water. And uh, it contains uh, vitamins, uh, electrolytes, uh, probiotics, prebiotics, uh, and a, a, a phytogenic uh, feed additive or phytonutrient, uh, which is a uh, Maclea cordata extract. And so what, what that is, is uh, that Maclea cordata extract is being used in, um, by some large, uh, you know, commercial poultry producers because it, it works so well at, at uh, helping to maintain feed intake uh, when birds are feeling stressed. So it's, uh, you know, that makes it a great product for, uh, for the summertime when, uh, you know, when heat stress is the biggest concern. But uh, like you mentioned earlier, birds might feel stressed from uh, adding new birds to the flock or, when they are the new birds and they're coming uh, from a store uh, and then getting put in a box and and driven somewhere new and uh, you know or uh, could be predators that uh, they escape from but you know that could be a huge stressor and so any of those things that that might cause feed intake to decline uh, you know that that chicken delight product can can help. Uh, maintain that feed intake and, and decrease the negative effects of, uh, of that stress. And, you know, one of the other, you know, great things about that product are, is that it contains all those different components. So, you know, at a lot of feed stores, you see other products that might be uh, an electrolyte mix or there might be one that's a probiotic or one that's a 
phytonutrient or, or phytogenic additive, um, but Chicken Delight is all of it in one. And so uh, when you look at it from, uh, you know, a cost per bird per day, it's, it's really the best value, I think, on, on the market because it's really an all-in-one solution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we used it, and we used it on, on our meat birds. We've used it on our layers. We used it on our, on our chicks uh, as well. <coughs> and it's something that um, we still have on hand, and we'll use it during stressful times. So here in the south, when I'm doing my um, workshops, I'll tell, often tell folks, you know, I'll use something like that here in the southeast, June, July, and August, um, or maybe if there mm-hmm. uh, any, any other signs of some type of stress any other time of the year, but mainly June, July, and August, um, I'll give it. And I may give it for a week, then hold off for a week, give it for a week, hold off for a week, and kind of alternate that uh, throughout, the, yeah. especially through the heat uh, and uh, June, July, and August down here in the south to try to help out with the stress and um, try mm-hmm. to make up for what they might not be getting in their in their diet. Yeah, that, uh, that's a great way to use it. You know, the probably the, the biggest hurdle to um, – to getting people to, to try it is that one jar uh, MSRP is for about $35. Uh, and so, you know, that's competing with uh, some of the packets that are, uh, you know, might be $3 and, and um, about a dollar a day. But that $35 jar uh, is about a dollar a day uh, if you use it every single day. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I would recommend... Uh, you know, one having a, a great feed and and great management, and then using that chicken delight or another product like it uh, strategically. So, you know, if you look at the forecast, and you know, oh, starting on Sunday we're going to have three days in a row where it's going to be 95 degrees. Uh, you know, then maybe start uh, start giving them that chicken delight or um, supplement in the water. Uh, you know, a couple of days ahead and then through that uh, hot weather. Uh, but you don't have to use it every single day. And so if you use it, you know, when it's needed and uh, and use it strategically, then it's much less than a dollar per day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's how, that's how I use it here. Um, I'm not, I'm not using it every single day of every single year or even every single day in the summer out about a week and then a week off about a week, a week off. Or sometimes if I'm thinking about it every other time I fill up the waterers, uh, I'll use it that way. So here on, on mm-hmm. Homestead, but yeah, we had good success with that, that product here. Hey, I need to go to my second commercial break for the show. So, um, yep. let everybody know, hope you're enjoying the show so far, uh, Today, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about managing heat stress and your chickens with poultry nutritionist Dr. Curran Gehring, and we will return right after this short break. So stay with us, folks. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Chickens across the country are flocking to grubbits. These natural, oven-dried, black soldier fly larvae are sustainably raised right here in the USA. Grubbits account for 10 to 15% of a normal diet and are available at almost half the price of some competing brands. More calcium, stronger eggshells, healthier feathers, happier hens. 
Find Grubbits online at grubbits.com, on social media at Grubbits, or on Amazon, G-R-U-B-B-E-T-S. That's Grubbits, the feed chickens need. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. Uh, I got a question for everybody listening. How many of you out there knew that Walmart carried shavings? Some of you may, some of you may not. How many of you knew that Ingalls, if you shop at Ingalls in the southeast, carried shavings? They also carry um, cedar shavings, by the way. But a lot of people don't know that Walmart carries shavings, and uh, they carry the uh, American Wood Fibers, AWF, uh, both pine and cedar shavings. So a lot of people I know, because I've been all around the country teaching poultry workshops and, of course, traveling with my family, um, they'll be oftentimes I'm somewhere where there's no feed store. But guess what? There's a Walmart. Or, you know what, i got to get my shavings. Now I'm not driving another 45 minutes over to that big box ag store. I'm not driving another hour over there to my local food store because that's going to take a lot of gas money <coughs> to get over there and all the way back just to buy some wood shavings. So don't forget, don't, don't rule that out because um, if you're already at Walmart, um, it can save you some money, if, especially if, if the, the feed store where you may normally buy uh, your shavings doesn't have any of their hour away, 45 minutes away, and all you need is three things of shavings, you're going to be saving a good bit of money. And I know some people are like, well, I don't like Walmart. Yeah, well, I'll see you there. i see you in Walmart. And then on social media, you say, oh, I don't like Walmart, China Mart. I don't like them. But I see you in Walmart. <laughs> I see you. And then I see you post on social media. Let's be honest with ourselves. Um so, uh, so yeah, you know a lot of you shop at Walmart, even though you may not admit it or trash them on social media. Let's face it. So, um, but, yeah, so think about that next time you're Walmart. American Wood, American Wood Fibers, um, they carry both the cedar and the pine shavings there, and I think maybe even some aspen shavings. So um, think about that next time you're Walmart, and there's an hour drive to your feed store just to get a bale of shavings. You can say, hey, I'll get some milk. I'll get some Vienna sausages. I'll get me a rotisserie chicken, and I'll get me some shavings while I'm at Walmart. Um, because, you know, I see you. I see you in Walmart, and then the next day posting about how you never go to Walmart. <laughs> Keeping it real here on the Chicken Whisperer Show. All righty, let's get back here and wrap it up with managing heat stress and chickens. So what say you, my good friend? Um, yeah. What else do you have for us before we uh, wrap this show up? Well, uh, you know, one one more thing before we finally <laughs> talk a little bit about nutrition. Uh, you know, I, at the beginning of the show, uh, there was a method commercial, and they mentioned, uh, you know, their bird that's more heat and cold tolerant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that made me think to point out that, you know, genetics does play a, a big role in this. And, uh, you know, the, the high-performing modern uh, strains of, of poultry – have a higher uh, metabolic rate, so that means they, you know, they, they produce more heat themselves, and so they're less uh, temperature tolerant than, uh, mm-hmm. than say a hand um, mm-hmm. The other thing is uh, there's some uh, some uh, genetic lines that that we know from, uh, through research that are more heat tolerant, uh, such as uh, naked neck and frizzle uh, gene and mm-hmm. So, you know, I've seen, you know, on your Facebook page, you know, looking at uh, some of the, the comments from, from your followers that, you know, there's just quite a few people that that uh, breed their own birds. And so, you know, if you 
could, um, you know, breed uh, some frugal or naked neck uh, genetics into your flock, that would help um, probably in terms of their uh, heat tolerance. Um, and uh, so, yeah, just uh, just thought for the the people that uh, that are doing their own uh, breeding and incubating, that's something they might want to consider. Um, and for you know people that are looking to to increase their flock and and going to to order chicks, um, you, you know it might uh, might be a good idea to to consider um, you know what type of birds you get based on. Um, you know, where you live in the country. Yeah, we talk about that in the wintertime, too. You know, when you're picking out those breeds, if you live in a cooler climate, uh, picking out breeds that may be more cold-hardy. Really, at the end of the day, regarding that, it's just smaller combs and smaller waddles a lot of times. Uh, but like the uh, Buckeye, the uh, Chanticleer, which was developed in Canada, uh, the New Hampshire, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, but a lot of times, smaller combs and smaller waddles, uh, you can look, find breeds that have that if you live in a colder climate. So, so yeah, breed selection can be important as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then, um, you know, as far as – I know we're, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, managing heat stress. And, you know, obviously, I, I think prevention is the, the best medicine. And so, you know, we need to provide shade. Uh, for birds, especially in a in a very hot climate, and um, shade and, and clean, uh, fresh water, uh, you know, water that uh, we we don't need to to let it get up to ambient temperature, because uh, you know, if that if that water gets too hot, then these birds are going to back off on water, and if they if they don't drink water, they're not going to eat feed, and, and then you start just compounding, uh, you know, all of these negative effects and so you know that's probably the, the most important thing is having uh you know a refuge for those birds to to get out of the sun and to you know get uh fresh clean cool uh you know water to, to drink and, and food available yeah like we talked on the phone the other day you know as that water temperature outside starts to increase uh, they will drink less, and once that water approaches their body temperature or get up, up up in there maybe in the 90s, then they may not drink any at all, and then we're really talking about detrimental th- things happening. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you, you don't want uh, your birds to ever uh, back off the water because, um, uh, you know, especially when something else is, is occurring, like heat stress, it's making them back off feed, because uh, you know, then then everything's just compounding and uh, getting a you know vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and then from um, you know then from a from a nutritional standpoint, uh, you know I know uh, a lot of people have seen those supplements in the in their feed store. Um, you know, like the things we talked about, like the antioxidant vitamins, like vitamin E, vitamin A, uh, vitamin C, uh, which which helps to regenerate vitamin E, um, and those, you know, are going to uh, going to help uh, you know manage oxidative stress. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we also have electrolytes because uh, that that acid base balance is affected, and so you know, one thing that you know that might be helpful is uh, you know I calculated that about two teaspoons of, of baking soda and a gallon of water would be similar to the uh, amount of uh, sodium bicarbonate or, or uh, mm-hmm. uh, something that, that you would add in a uh, you know in a feed and in, in terms of uh, you know how much that they would consume. And so that that could help uh, help them cope with uh, with the heat and and uh, keep their acid base balance in check. Um, and then you know the the other thing that uh, nutritionally that that could work is uh, increased fat. But and and that's because fat has a lower uh, heat increment than protein or carbohydrates. 
which means that uh, you know when the when the body is metabolizing fat, it doesn't uh, create as much heat uh, in the bird, um, and it also has what we call uh, an extra caloric effect uh, because dietary fat uh, reduces the rate of feed passage uh, through the bird, so uh, that increases nutrient digestion. So the uh, bird's actually able to, uh, you know, have a, a higher nutrient digestibility and get more calories out of the other components of the feed. Um, but it's not very easy for, uh, you know, somebody to to increase their, the fat their birds are, are given. You know, it's, it's not very practical to, to pour, um, you know, vegetable uh, on the feed because, you know, that can just create a mess. Uh, you don't know exactly how much that you're going to consume. And so... You know, I think that's why you, you go back to the vitamins and electrolytes as being the uh, the primary nutritional strategies that uh, that someone can uh, you know take advantage of at home. Yeah, I don't know if I'd uh, pour vegetable over their feed versus just I don't know opening up a few Big Macs in their run. Hey, how about it? Extra fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I was trying to think of how someone would do that, and I, I think the uh, the potential for things to go wrong uh, outweigh the, the benefits there. So, um, and you know, I, I would stick with the the vitamins and electrolytes and and phytogenic. Uh, but uh, oh, definitely. I mean, keeping it simple, true. You know, you think about people have busy days and. You know, they kind of get it. They're like, yeah, heat's more detrimental, and I need to keep an eye on my chickens, and, you know, it's going to be summer here, and I need to watch them for panting. I need to provide shade, plenty of cool, fresh water. Um, you know, like we talked about, um, freezing some 20-ounce uh, bottles of water and, and dropping them down into the three- and five-gallon water fonts that people use to mm-hmm. keep that water cool, plenty of shade, um, you know, different things like that that, that we can do, <laughs> and... Um, that can go a long way. And then, like I said, if if you got that uh, um, uh, chicken delight and you're like, hey, I'm going to use it this week or alternate every other time you fill up the water or every other week, um, then, you know, you can utilize that. And then it's going to last a lot longer for that $35 price tag. And um, another thing I like about the um, chicken delight is the people who designed it, um, <laughs> you know, definitely a lot of smart people with a lot of letters after the name that know chickens and, um that know what they need and in and, and stressful situations. So uh, that's one reason why I really appreciated them reaching out to me to test it before it came to market for, for a year. So that was fantastic. But um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, I don't think the chicken owner needs to <laughs> talking about stress, stress out uh, about much, but I think that they just need to be aware, have it in the back of their mind, know those common sense things, cool water, shade, <laughs> you know, um, no, they may be eating a little less and drinking more. May have to fill up the waters more, keeping that water cool. You know, maybe some shade cloth over the run to give them some more shade if you yeah. don't have regular shade. Um, and then, you know, some people set up very few of you know the uh, uh, you know the crazy chicken ladies that you know have the deep pockets. They may set up the uh, uh, misting systems, but we've talked about that with other experts, and it may not be their first choice can be expensive, can be messy. You got the water source out there you have. And then if you have pooling and puddling of water, then you're maybe inviting additional disease and issues um, to your to your flock. So, you know, sometimes misters aren't the way to go. But, um, but yeah, just what, what can we do to keep our chickens happy through the summer? That's what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah, and, um, and if we got a, a, another few seconds, I just wanted to add sure. one more uh, you know, tip for – you know, it's, for people, especially, you know, when we get one of these heat waves in, in uh, you know, July or August where we get several days over 100 degrees maybe in a week, um, you know, one thing that you can do is, is pull feed during the hottest time of the day mm-hmm. um, and, then, and then provide it uh, when it's cooler or at night and, and try to encourage feed consumption during cooler times. Um, and that will help to reduce the, the metabolic rate and and help them deal with the, the heat. 
Um, what that will do is on, if you have younger birds that are still growing, uh, that will probably reduce growth rate, um, but it will also minimize mortality. So you won't lose, uh, you know, birds that, that wouldn't have made it, uh, you know, will we'll be able to. So, you know, that's that's something, you know, in, a, in an extreme case that, that you could try. Um, but, you know, please, please, if you ever pull feed, remember to put it, put it back. How about in the morning? Because I've always been under the conception that, like, first thing in the morning, the sun comes up, and they're ready to eat, drink, and mate. Uh, those three things are focused on eating, drinking, mating, and then getting out of the, of the coop. Would, would um, having it there in the morning and then pulling it, yeah. uh, maybe putting it back in the evening. So they got. If you, I guess, if you do that, <coughs> if you pull it, pull it, you know, mid morning. And then put it back in the evening. Then they have that opportunity in the evening to get it when it's not so hot. And then in the morning when they first wake up, when they're thinking about eating, drinking, and mating, and pooping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, that's uh, I think that's a really good idea. Um, yeah, it reminds me of when I was at West Virginia University. We did a lot of organic research, mm-hmm. and so um, we had I don't know five or six uh, test houses with pasture around them and. Um, you know, every morning we'd let the birds out and, and then, uh, you know, get them back in at night. And we we had uh, nipple drinker lines uh, inside mm-hmm. the houses, but mm-hmm. then uh, we would also fill up uh, bell waters uh, out on the pasture. And every morning, when we, as soon as we opened the doors, they would run to those waters, and they mm-hmm. loved to drink first thing in the morning outside. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... You know, it might be a good idea to put some feed outside as well. Um, you know, if you if you do have a, a system where where birds are, uh, you know, inside at night and then and then free ranging uh, during the day, uh, you know, and, and then that way that might encourage them to eat uh, first thing in the morning when it's cool. Mhm. Yeah, makes total sense to me. All righty. Well, another great show, Doc. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, uh, managing heat stress with our birds, and because uh, we want to make sure that it is the season, and a awful lot of people are going to be dealing with this here over the next few months, and so uh, hopefully a lot of this information and tips can go a long way to them keeping a healthy flock in their backyard. So that's fantastic. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yep, and of course, like you said earlier, you mentioned about good quality feed, and uh, I think I had posted a picture I just got back this week from picking up a whole pickup truckload of multi-species feed here on the homestead at my local store of the uh, Tucker uh, milling feed, and we got hog, and we got the turkey, we got, the, uh, of course, the lamb pellets and <laughs> and, and everything else that we got. So, um, yeah, and, and people know that story, so I won't talk about it again, but um, it, it's, it's all we use here on all of our other animals and it's just, it's fantastic stuff and go back and listen to some of the shows and you'll hear the story of why that's what I feed now. Um, and was even feeding it when I was, uh, sponsored with a, another feed company and that's kind of how I found you guys. Cause I was having logistical problems. I'd run out of their feed mm-hmm. and then I'd go and hunt and try to find feed that was uh, top quality. And after all the feeds that were available to me in my area, it ended up being Tucker milling. And that's how we got introduced. I called you guys, said, hey, we need to work together. Okay. First time in the history of the Chicken Whisperer ever, any premier sponsor where I actually reached out to them, uh, including the, all the major feed companies we've had here on the show. Uh, in the past, uh, to be very blunt, it was uh, here, wave some money in your face and please promote my product. Totally opposite with Tucker Milling. I saw as a farmer wearing overalls here on my homestead, using the product, trying to find the product, using other products coming down and saying, hey, this stuff is awesome. Me calling you saying, hey, I like your product. We need to work together, brother. And so uh, it ended up being, it worked out. And so it's been a, it's been a fantastic year. Looking forward to coming into our year number two. And uh, lots of things are going on. Lots of things I'm looking forward to for next spring. So I encourage everybody to uh, uh, check out. If, you, if your dealer doesn't carry Tucker Millen, by all means, ask your dealer to carry Tucker Millen. You can call Tucker Millen and see what the closest dealer is to you. Um, and your Tucker Millen will probably be happy to call the dealer you're at that doesn't carry Tucker Millen and say, hey, we're starting to get some information about, you know, uh, asking about our feet. <laughs> so there's, there's, they, they can get it to you. There's many ways they can get it to you. So um, don't be afraid to yeah. give them a call. Um, so, well, hey, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. You have a great holiday weekend. And uh, we'll see you next month, my friend. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You too, Andy. 
All righty, buddy. Thank you so much. And folks, have a good holiday weekend. Remember, this weekend is not about sitting on the beach. It's not about hot dogs. It's not about brewskis. It's, it's, you know, it's have some fun over the weekend, no doubt, but realize why you can have the fun. I mean, Memorial Day weekend, uh, think about um, all the heroes that lost their lives so you can have a cookout, so you can eat that weenie, so you can eat, drink that brisky, so you can hang out on the lake, so you can drive that boat down the lake, so you can sit in the shade by the creek, <laughs> so you can go to the pool. Um, so, so have fun. Don't get me wrong. Have fun this weekend, but take some time out to think about why you're off on Monday, uh, if you are. Think about why we celebrate this weekend and the sacrifices that were made to allow you to have a free weekend to have fun. Uh, so, so have fun, but think about why we celebrate this weekend, okay? Please do that. And I'm the Chicken Whisperer, and uh, if I can pick the right button over here, then we'll go ahead and say so long. And don't forget to subscribe to Chicken Whisperer Magazine, folks. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling, with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening.